What a beautiful reading from the gospel. Jesus visiting his friend Lazarus and his friends Mary and Martha, raising Lazarus from the dead after weeping with his sisters outside of the tomb. The other day a man told me a story about his wife whose mother had had a terrible relationship with her, had always mistreated her, lots of verbal abuse. Uh, in her older age, she, she cared for her mother in spite of the way she had been mistreated so many times and putting great expenses into it cost them a lot to take care of her. And yet uh, the mother just continued to reject her and was estranged from her and uh, along with other members of their family kind of excluded them, began speaking badly of her and her husband, spreading rumors about them. Just a terrible and very painful situation for, for this man I was, I was speaking to. Um, at one point, she kind, of, she kind of left, she disappeared and didn't say when she was going to be back. They were worried about her. Um, at one point, she even, she had given them this very valuable gift. It was some little thing made of gold. And uh, she asked to have it back. She asked them to give it back as a way of kind of cutting off their relationship. So just a relationship full of so much hurt and heartbreak. And while having given so much to her and having loved her so much, just continued to receive the hurt. And he told me that he felt like saying that he never wanted to talk to her again. He really never wanted to talk to her again. And I was sitting, listening, and thinking about how we could bring in the gospel of God's love and forgiveness into this situation. I wanted him to see that there was another possibility that the only option wasn't to just kind of like hug and, and forgive, and even though she wasn't repentant, just kind of say, oh, it's okay, nothing ever happened. A kind of fake forgiveness. That's not the only option. It's okay sometimes to, to not tolerate mistreatment when there's, a, when there's a very bad or toxic relationship. But at the same time as we don't necessarily tolerate mistreatment, we can seek to forgive in our heart. Um, and as we spoke, I realized that there was, they were not going to get out of this suffering. They weren't going to get, get away from the situation of suffering, which is the case in many of our lives. We have suffering that we can't get out of. And since in my own life, my times of suffering and in, in my ministry with many others, I've realized that there are many times that we just can't stop it. Uh, I invited him to consider this, that Jesus invites us to suffer with him. The difference between unbearable suffering and being able to suffer uh, peacefully is suffering with Christ, inviting Christ into our suffering. Carrying our own cross, carrying it on our own, is painful, and it might seem to be nothing but painful to carry our own cross. But carrying it with Christ can even be a joy. Christ calls it a yoke. We use the word yoke for the thing that they put on two oxen when they're doing work together. The yoke is something that always comes in twos with two people doing it. The same way with Jesus and his cross. He invites us to carry it with him. Today's gospel is about Jesus coming into the darkest place with Mary and Martha. They're, they're absolute darkest day of their life, having lost their brother, mourning the loss of someone so dear to them. Jesus comes into that place, and he's there with them. 
He's there with them in their suffering, in the midst of the pain. I recently had another interesting conversation with another friend. Uh, this guy is from Italy. His name is Marco. He's a young man. And he, he was telling me this story of how uh, just after I left Italy, I had lived there for a while during my studies, he, he started dating this beautiful girl whom he loved very much. They dated for a long time, um, up until a year and a half ago. So that must have been like at least five years together. And during COVID, she suddenly broke up with him. And while he was in the midst of this trial of having lost such a beautiful relationship, he found out two weeks later that the reason she broke up with him was because she had been cheating on him and had been with somebody else. So Marco has a lot of faith, and he goes to Medjugorje every year. Later on that year, he went again to Medjugorje. And while he was there, he had this memory, a thought that was kind of playing back in his mind over and over again of something that a priest had told him several years before at Medjugorje. The thing the priest had told him was that if you, I guess he had said it to a group, he said, if you need to forgive someone, then take out your phone right now and call them and forgive them. And then we can move on with what God wants to do in your life. So this was like playing back in his mind. He said it was kind of like, like a song that gets stuck in your head. And he was remembering this, what this priest had said to him. And while he was there with this group in Medjugorje, they ran into a priest and the priest was giving a talk to the group. And he said the exact same thing that Marco had heard many years before. That same phrase, if you need to forgive someone, go and call them right now, forgive them, and then we'll move on with what God wants to do in your life. And, and Marco uh, went up to this priest after, and he told him that he had heard this same phrase before and turned out to be the same priest. And he was like, do you always say this to people? <laughs> right? Good question. And the priest said, no, I think I might have only said it once before in my life. So Marco thought this was very providential. And the priest, he told, he told the priest about his situation with his, his, his ex-girlfriend. And he told him, go and send her a text. Write out a text, a text message on your phone, telling her that you forgive her, that God has moved your heart to forgive her, and send it to her. So Marco did that. And immediately after sending, hitting send, he felt this wave of peace in his heart. Relief, freedom, like all of the, the hurt and the emotions had been lifted. The funny thing about the story is that the text didn't go through. She didn't receive his text. And several months later, he ran into her. They had a conversation. He realized that it seemed like she had never realized that he had forgiven her. So he said, did you not receive a text from me like five months ago? She said, no, I never received a text from you. And he showed her on his phone the message that he had sent. And she started crying. She started weeping. She said she cried for like an hour to know that he had forgiven her. Um, and later on throughout the conversation, he realized that five months earlier, she wasn't ready to receive his forgiveness. And somehow in God's providence, he allowed that text message to get lost so that she could be prepared to receive his forgiveness five months later when they ran into each other. Beautiful, beautiful story. Beautiful story of forgiveness. Um, through the cross... Through that moment of suffering, there came this great grace of forgiveness and joy. Christ brought life into that situation through the suffering, into his life and into her life through the grace of forgiveness. I just want to add one more quick story. Uh, last week, I was, I was on this mission trip to Montreal with a group of 15 teenagers, and um, these kids made a lot of sacrifices to go on this mission trip. It was their March break. 
They had to get up early almost every day. They had to live with not all of their comforts that they have at home, difficult living spaces, not enough bathrooms or showers. They had to work out in the cold. We were serving the homeless some days. Other days we were uh, giving out hot chocolate on the street, inviting people to come to church. And um, they had to do lots of work, hard, hard manual work. You know, all the things that kids don't want to do on their March break. And some of them shared how leading up to it, they weren't even looking forward to it. All they felt that it was going to be a, a, a sacrifice, giving up their whole March break to do all this work and get up early and be outside in the cold. Too much sacrifice. It looked like it was going to be just plain misery. And yet, I've never seen a group of more joyful teenagers in my life. They were bursting with joy. Even though they were tired, even though they were falling asleep all the time, even though they were always doing work, they were joyful constantly. You could see it everywhere you went. We were out on the streets some days, and the joy was just contagious. People would run up to us, and they'd be like, whoa, what's going on here? What are you guys doing here? And we would say, well, we're representing the, the parish down the street, and we're having an event next week, and if you want, you can, you can sign up, and you can come to our event. And people would be like, wow, I thought that church was closed. Maybe I'll go. It was incredible. Um, there were people, there's one funny story of a guy who... Uh, saw what we were doing. He was in his car. He was driving by. He saw what we were doing, and he wanted to give a donation. So he was, like, waving a $10 bill out the window, and, uh, and the light turned green. He was still waiting there for someone to come get his $10 bill, and he was holding up traffic, and people were honking at him, and finally we got a $10 bill, and he drove away happy, you know? There was so much joy that it was contagious in spite of the little sacrifices. The difference between misery and joy is having Christ present. It's having Christ present in our hearts and in our lives and throughout our day. And today in this beautiful story in the gospel, it's one of those passages that if you take it and read it slowly, you might find out how moving it really is. The, the mourning of Mary and Martha, their suffering, Jesus, who was also good friends with Lazarus, who shares in it. So, so Jesus... Jesus, when he comes late to see Lazarus and Mary and Martha after Lazarus has already died, what does he do? First, he just shows up. He shows up in Mary's and Martha's suffering. And second, he weeps with them. He shows compassion. He shows empathy towards them in, in their suffering. And then he gives new life. He gives new life to that situation. Now, certainly we have all had moments in our life when we say to ourselves, this is just too much. This suffering is too much to bear. When you can't understand why God allows certain things to happen, like Mary and Martha. Couldn't Jesus have stopped him from dying if he opened the eyes of the blind man? That's what they say in today's gospel. Sometimes we ask ourselves, couldn't God have stopped this suffering from happening? Sometimes we just can't see how any good could come out of the suffering that we're in. Why? Why is God allowing me to go through this? Sometimes our suffering just seems senseless and meaningless. Sometimes the pain is just too much to bear. And some of us might go through the moments like that often, or we might be going through moments like that right now. We might have gone through moments like that or know someone who is. We need to let Christ do those things with us like he did in the gospel. And the first thing that he does and he wants to do in our life is to come and be with us in our suffering. 
not necessarily to take it away right away, but first to come and be with us. And then I think it's very significant what Jesus does in today's gospel, that he weeps. What does he say when he, when he, to us through that gesture? First he says, I want to be present with you in your sufferings. And then he says, I know what it's like. I'm not indifferent to your tears. I'm not indifferent to what you're going through. I care. I feel it. I feel the pain that you feel. And then thirdly, Jesus wants to give us life. And here I think it's really significant, that passage that Jesus says in today's gospel, I am the resurrection. When he says that Lazarus will have life again, Martha says, I, I know that Lazarus will have life again in the resurrection. Someday, someday he'll have, he'll have life again. And what is Jesus' response? I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. It's not something that you need to wait for. It's not some nebulous thing that might happen someday. You know, sometimes we get, we get stuck in that as Christians. You say, okay, God is going to give us life someday. You know, this life is a valley of tears. It's full of crosses and sufferings. And that's all we, that's all we can hope for in this life. No, Jesus says, I am the resurrection. And if I am present with you in your suffering, then even while you suffer, you already have the resurrection. Somehow, in his mysterious plan, the resurrection is already present. We need to respond to him and say, Jesus, I invite you. Come into my darkest day. Come into my darkest moment. Be the resurrection. Be the light in my moment of suffering.